Coming to you live from Nashville, Tennessee, this is the award-winning Parareality Radio. Good evening, everybody, and thanks for tuning in. It's Friday, July 7th, 2017, and of course, that means it's time for another episode of your favorite whatever kind of talk show this has actually turned out to be, <laughs> Parareality Radio. So tonight, or should I say today, marked the... Uh, 70th anniversary of the UFO crash in Roswell, New Mexico. Um, and, man, you know, um, this happened 70 years ago, 1947, back in the summer. Uh, a rancher discovered unidentifiable debris in his sheep pasture outside of Roswell. And although officials from the local Air Force base asserted that it was a crashed weather balloon, Many people believed that it was remains of an extraterrestrial flying saucer. Either that, or some people say it was a series of dummy drops in New Mexico during the 1950s because that kind of uh, seemed to fit in with some of the explanations that the military and the government was giving. And nearly 50 years after the story of the mysterious debris broke, the U.S. military issued a report linking the incident to a top-secret atomic espionage project called project mogul but still many people continue to embrace the ufo theory and hundreds of curiosity seekers visit roswell and the crash site every year so did a ufo crash in Roswell, new mexico in 1947 70 years ago or was the debris the result of the crash of a top secret military project if the debris were military in origin why did the government say it was a UFO in their initial report? Then why did they literally retract the story the next day? Were there actually alien bodies recovered or were the bodies dummies? If they were dummies, how come they weren't recognized as dummies by the people who were quote-unquote recovering the bodies? These are just some of the questions that I'll be trying to find the answers to tonight with my special guests, Emmett and Joe, collectively known as the UFO Brothers. But before I introduce them and get them on the air, well, I've already introduced them, I guess, but before I get them on the air, let me tell you guys how you can get in touch with me here on the show, because as you know, if you're a regular listener, there's a few different ways. First of all, you can email the show, sandman at parareality.com. I'm also available on Facebook. If you want to Facebook me, just look for Sandman.Parareality there on Facebook. Or uh, you can type in a uh, search for Parareality Radio, which is also on Facebook. And also, I am on Twitter. If you want to tweet during the show, you can feel free to tweet me. And that's at Parareal Radio on Twitter. That's at Parareal Radio. And of course... Uh, Sometimes I will have the studio line up and running. Um, not tonight because uh, my guests are on the studio line. But if you want to call after the show and maybe leave a message, feel free to call the studio line. The number is 615-692-1170. The number to call once again is area code 615, then dial 692-1170. Just be aware that I may play your comment back on the show. Simply leaving me a message, um, if I don't answer, is giving me permission to um, play your comment back on the show if 
I so desire. So uh, without any further ado, let me introduce my very special guests this evening, the UFO Brothers, Emmett and Joe, collectively known as the UFO Brothers. They are uh, goofologists, according to their own terminology, and they use uh, brotherly humor and irreverence to shine light on the obvious and well-documented UFO phenomenon. So welcome to uh, the UFO Brothers, Emmett and Joe. Welcome to Parareality Radio. What's up, Sandman? This is Emmett. This is Joe. And we are the UFO Brothers. And you guys are listening to Pure Reality Radio. We're very excited. excited. Hey, man, I am just super stoked that you guys have decided to uh, be a guest on the show on this, like, you know, historic day in the world of ufology. Oh, yeah. We're so excited to be uh, on your show. And I'll tell you, there's nothing else we love better than talking about Roswell. So... (laughs) We're, we're excited, and let me tell you, we've done some research, so uh, it's been a fun a fun year on our Roswell hunt, I guess you could say, because we knew the yeah. 70th anniversary was coming up, so we wanted yeah. to be try to get on top of the most recent information we could find. Whatever so. disclosure we could find, if there's any, which is probably not. <laughs> well, I, I know that you guys actually uh, made a, a pilgrimage to Roswell. I, I started to say trip, but it's not a trip when you do something like that. That is a That's a pilgrimage. So what what made you guys decide to want to, uh, you know, drive all the way out there to see a, basically a, a pasture? <laughs> That's exactly what we did, too. Uh, <laughs> uh, this is Emmett, by the way. I just want to give a little bit of background. So Joe and I, we've been um, really interested in the subject since we were kids. Mm-hmm. And we've, uh, even as kids, we'd watch all the VHS tapes we could find on ghosts or aliens, uh, Books, UFOs, so, all that good stuff. UFOs, and that's actually when we were young. We that's where we heard about the Roswell crash was mm-hmm. doing some research. We were really, really young, and yeah. uh, it, it was so. I guess you could say uh, interesting that it became my seventh grade uh, <laughs> history project. Wow! So that's kind of that's how far back this kind of Roswell uh, curiosity goes for us, and so uh, you know. Joe and I, as we grew up, became adults. We didn't really talk much for about 10 years until recently last year. Uh, you know, we, we ended up coming together uh, mm-hmm. through some trials and tribulations. And we, on a whim, literally, uh, after going to Area 51, a couple weeks later, we were like, you know what? Let's go to... Roswell it is! Let's go to the place we always wanted to go to. We want to know what the hell happened there. We thought we'd go there, see what the scene's like, what the energy like, and and you know we did that. I don't know. It was about what you know, a six days round trip. Yeah, it was about Very that. Much. Yeah. Wow. That's From, uh, California. Yeah. Yep. That's a long way to drive to see a a pasture. <laughs> you know what? Uh, a pasture in a hole. A pasture in a hole. Uh, it was. I think it was less about getting to uh, Roswell, and I think more about bonding brothers and uh you know having a good time catching up with each other and figure out what we're going to find when we get there yeah if we do find anything where you know where do we look uh i think for us joe our biggest problem was finding the damn gate to the pasture that took us six (laughs) hours six hours hours. and a flat tire too right yes oh Oh. Oh my god so yeah here we are out in the middle of nowhere uh and (laughs) we get a flat tire 
in our, mm. in our, in our what we call our EB mobile. Uh, mm-hmm. EB, of course, is an acronym for extraterrestrial biological entity. So, you know, we call our, our uh, or actually it's Joe's Ford Expedition. We call it EB. <laughs> here we are out in the middle of this pasture. We run over a rock, tire pop, surrounded by cows. <laughs> and dirt and field. <laughs> 16 hours away from home, nowhere to go. It was really, really, uh, I guess you could say, it's fun for me. Joe uh, was a little bit stressed out about it. Yeah. <laughs> because, you know, when you pull your spare tire out and it's still flat, you're like, oh, great. Mm. Yeah, that's not good. So, so here we are in the, you know, the, uh, the countryside, the, out in the middle of nowhere, trying to find this gate, and we're going through YouTube, and we're going through uh, pictures, pictures and stuff that you downloaded, and it, everything that you find is like, where? what looks just like this gate? Does this gate look like this? No, no, it doesn't. It doesn't have the upper thing, the metal part is oh not there. Okay, next one, next one, next one. Next gate, next gate. Get it the hard gate. way. We did it the absolute hardest way possible. Uh, and, and why would there? Why would you want to do anything else? Right. So of course. When when you got there, you 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 mentioned something about you wanted to like uh, uh, feel the energy if if there was anything emanating from that place. And uh, did you feel some sort of energy, some vibe, or anything? The weirdest thing that we both had, yeah. Why the hell? There's Wi-Fi out there. We don't know. We're right in the middle, right next to the crash site. All of a sudden, we have Wi-Fi. You take two steps out of the zone, it's dead. It's like right in that area. It's a weird energy there. Out in the middle of this desert, six, five, six hours away from any kind of civilization. Wow! And we have Wi-Fi. <laughs> that's by the, thing by, by the the hole that is the crash site. Yes, yes, right by there. And you know, by that is the monument. There's a monument that was there. I, I did believe not it's know Two thousand three. Yeah, the Sci-Fi Channel. They put a monument out there. Piece and of granite. Plaque. Yeah, and a beautiful granite plaque that talks about the. <laughs> story of the 1947, you know, supposed flying saucer crash. So we were able to get, you know, lots of cool footage. If you guys watch our trip to uh, On the Road to Roswell on YouTube, you'll kind of be able to see that um, and see what the plaque says. And, you know, we're just out there. We spent the night on that property. Yeah, uh, really? Probably shouldn't have. We really did. <laughs> now, did you get permission or is this like something you did? Nope. You know, okay. Hello, buddy. No, no, I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. Nobody listens to this show anyway. You're fine. Oh, that's okay. We have tens of people that listen to ours, so we understand. <laughs> I know the feeling. <laughs> so you spent the night. Did anything, did anything weird happen while you spent the night? Uh, the, it was really freaking cold. It was cold, and Joe got grouchy at about 8.30 p.m. and went to sleep. Oh, Joe. And that was crazy. Yeah, man, Joe. <laughs> Damn it, Joe. Why do you always have to ruin Damn everything? Damn myself and I and everybody. <laughs> so, okay, so you guys have... Now, you said you were apart a for like 10 years and then you kind of like got together. Did each of you have like an interest in ufology individually or is this something that yeah. you just... You did? Yeah, we always we'd always share information back and forth via email or YouTube or text. And we would just say, hey, look at this, check this out. Oh, yeah, we just, we kept doing that. Whenever we find something. Yeah. And, and, sorry, go ahead. No, no. So, so what made you guys decide to, to, um, do your probe cast, as you call it, and, and, you know, pursue this 
weird world of um, alternative podcasting, as I like to call it. I love that. It's a good way to describe it. Um, well, you know, we, like we said, on a whim, we went to Area 51. And uh, by the way, that episode is on our YouTube. It's a sh- really just a short, fun uh, sort of a trip we went on. Uh, and that was so interesting to us because, um, you know, you hear people talk about all this, you know, UFOs and Area 51, and you hear about Bob Lazar, and you hear about F4, yep. and you hear about all these these stories and people talking about these places. And mm. we just were like, you know what, we have to go. There's nothing literally to do. <laughs> yeah. You, you go up to the gate and you stand there. Uh, but it was really, really, I think, powerful in the sense. I know it may sound silly to some people. Just thinking, like, around the corner, there could be S4. Around the corner, it could be somewhere else. Because it's, like, around 13 miles to the base, I think, from the gate or something like that, or 10 miles. I yeah. wasn't aware and it was so, that close. I knew it was close, but not that close. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's several gates well. So there's there's several gates, and, of course, I think most people know. Uh, there's what they call the camo dudes, which are generally, uh, you know, military personnel in a truck of some sort that usually is high up on the hill and looking one of the gates so they can see you kind of miles away. And so we were able to run into some camo dudes. We were able to actually get a peace sign from one of them. That was uh, interesting. And nice. Just stupid stuff like that. And I think one of the coolest things, Joe, was that Dan Wally thing. Yeah. It always had eyes on us. It, it, it had a periscoping head with two, it looked like Wally's head. And no matter which way you walked, it would just follow you. So I think they probably didn't want everybody at the gate at all the time, their personnel. They probably installed these robots. Because if you look on back pictures of people taking photos of the gate, it's not there. It must have been a recent or something. Yeah, it's like a recently they... Brown-looking robot deal. Like a robot, and it has, this, like, like Joe was saying, a telescopic head mm-hmm. and two cameras, and it follows you everywhere you go. You just mm-hmm. you, you walk from one side to the other or up the hill. It'll telescope up. It'll follow you. So, you know, people wow. are definitely watching you in addition to, mm-hmm. you know, the, the camera. But you never got approached by anybody. No. 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 no the, the only thing we did was, uh, well, we took a blow-up alien and had a fun time with it uh, appropriately. Yeah. Oh that was a poor choice <laughs> of words. <laughs> I know. <laughs> That's why I put it on the appropriately. Uh <laughs> Uh, we just had fun. I don't know. We went out there and we were totally goofy. And uh, yeah, what we do? And, and we got some, you know, we got some. We got a peace sign from one of the camel guys. That was fun. One of the really cool things I say about going to that area is the little alien, which is of course kind of historic. it's it's um, a restaurant. Guys, about that a restaurant, a bar, a pool place, uh, a <laughs> um, gift shop, all in one. Yeah, literally, gift shop, bar, breakfast, lunch, dinner, you can sleep there, they have places to rent. Uh, yeah, it's really cool, and we got to meet the owner, Pat, and she was able to... And, yeah, also on the wall, there's tons of photographs of all kinds of famous people that have been there, they sign them, it's pretty cool. Yeah, definitely check it out. So if you ever go, definitely, it's a great picture opportunity, it's called The Little Alien, yeah. and they've got, um, you know, lots of fun stuff, kind of on their little property there for picture opportunity or you know, lots of aliens and stuff like that. The one thing we didn't get to see was, Joe, did you know that there is actually 
there, there's other things there that we didn't see. We have to go back. Yeah, I know. Yeah, there's like a, a giant, I think it's like a giant, giant metal alien mm-hmm. uh, oh, wow. out there. That, yeah, so, you know, and like we said, it was on a whim. And so, just to kind of uh, get to the store, get to the Roswell portion. So, you know, when we, when we came back, we, of course, decided to go to Roswell. And that was actually when we decided to be the UFO bros. Yes, we did. Going down there, and we said, you know, we have all this stuff, all this information we've been researching. What the hell are we going to do with it? And that's a great story. That's a great story, guys. So, Emmett, you you said you have been interested in Roswell pretty much your whole entire life, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, let's talk, let's let's get down to the meat and potatoes of, of this and. What do what is your out of all the research that you've done? What is your opinion as to you know what actually happened there? My opinion is that something absolutely crashed, mm-hmm. and I have been doing a relentless amount of talking to people, research. Even when we went to Roswell, we interviewed locals. We went to the Roswell UFO Museum, which was absolutely incredible. It's only five bucks to get in. You guys, if you're in Roswell, you've got to go to the Roswell UFO Museum. It's really cool. So we're really jealous. Oh, man, you got to go. It's really cool. It's, uh, I think the coolest thing, Joe, was the piece that they have on display. Oh, yes, the um, copper-looking colored piece. or um, It's like a triangular piece of metal they have on display. That they dug up in 2000. And yeah, they, they dug up in early 2000 that they claim to have been one of the potentially one of the wreckage pieces. Okay. Uh, that they, you know, uh, pulled up out of the ground from the, one of the crash sites. That's on display there. And let me tell you, that really gets your curiosity going. That really mm-hmm. gets your... Oh, yeah. Agree. You know? And so we were like, you know what? We're going to go out to that damn crash site whether we like it or not. Just to see, say we've been there, you know? We have. So, after all the kind of research, the interviews, everything, I don't know, Sandman. I don't know if it was an alien ship. Uh, I don't know if it was German technology, because that's another sort of storyline that mm-hmm. it's kind of been recent. Uh, if it was a weather balloon, I seriously doubt that it was a weather balloon. And the reason being, I say, is. Why the hell call in the army to collect a bunch of debris if, so if it's your own? If it's just a balloon, <laughs> a weather balloon uh, that isn't really carrying necessarily any sort of. Well, you know, what what about Project technology. Mogul? Do, do you think it could have been Project Mogul? Because that's my opinion. Yep. Is I believe it had something to do with Project Mogul. Could be, and Project Mogul um, is an interesting storyline, and that is what they call the weather balloon. And essentially it was a train of balloons and metal sort of materials that was like you were saying for espionage purposes. I think there were, I don't know how many pieces were there to it, but I will tell you this, Dan, man. Yeah. I ultimately, I've been trying to figure out Joe and I too, what, the, what it was that eyewitnesses touched and held. Cause I think that's the key to solving this is what what is the material they handle that they describe? They describe a foil that doesn't crease, it doesn't dent, it doesn't burn, it uh, doesn't cut, doesn't cut. And let me tell you, I spent weeks trying to figure out what the hell that could be. 
Is that mylar? No, mylar creases in dents, but that's not consistent with mm -hmm. the eyewitness testimony. Uh, is it metal rubber, which is something uh, that you can find online? Really probably the closest thing you're going to see to what the witnesses described when handling and touching this, this foil metal, uh, you know, which is essentially they could roll it up in a ball and it would automatically just spring back open, no sure. creases, something yep. like that. But metal rubber didn't exist back then, right? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And uh, it did not. And so, you know, it's interesting going through this and trying to re research metal, contacting people, research that, emailing people. I ran into somebody named Dr. Cherry Croft, who is actually a very well known ufologist. And he, uh, in chatting with him in the 60s as an elementary school teacher, uh, he had a student that brought him a piece of a metal material and he said it was, you know, like a rectangular piece of foil, really mm -hmm. thick. And she handed it to him and he goes, oh, great, thanks. And she goes, no, 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 no. Try rolling it into a ball. And so he did. He rolled it into a ball and said it opened right back up. Wow. No creases, no dent. And then he tried to cut it with scissors multiple pairs of scissors actually he said he couldn't cut it that all it would do is just slip in between the blades of the scissors. it wouldn't actually cut it wow he said he took uh several different implements tried to stab it poke holes in it he said what it would do is the material would dent and then it would go right back to its natural form so hmm. he actually at the time didn't think roswell it yeah. wasn't until uh, Philip Corso's book came out the day after Roswell that he read a part in there that explained to, you know, the reader what uh, the characteristics of the so-called Roswell memory foil was. And that's when he said, wait, hold on a second. I think, I, I think I've actually held something similar to that in the 60s. So, uh, you know, we're really excited. We're going to have him on our show in a couple weeks. Because oh, I want to know what... Yeah, because we want to know what what he's come up with. I think he's done far more research uh, than we have, and I can tell you, Ben Man and the listeners right now, he you know he's still looking. I know that, but I'm still looking, trying to figure out what it was. And then there's another part of this: mm -hmm. the I beam, which is what mm -hmm. Jesse yeah. Marcel, the right. first person on the scene uh, from the military, claims to have picked up a beam that was probably two, three, two, two feet long, uh, and it was said to be a metallic-like I-beam. Violet color. Very straight. Mm -hmm. It couldn't bend it, couldn't burn it, couldn't do anything with it. It's very similar in characteristic to the metallic foil. Um, and also inside this beam was strange symbols or glyphs, characters. Right. Mm -hmm. them, there were kind of a violet purple in color and it's really interesting he talks about you can't really that you wouldn't be able to really see these violet glyphs until you held the beam in a certain uh, angle so the light could shine on these glyphs and then you would see them in a violet purple color and so it's just a, so there's kind of two separate accountings of this material and I I know Joe and I when we went down to Roswell we were definitely looking to see you know, oh, yeah. we were able to see a replica, a plastic replica of the 
I-beam. We were able it's to actually, see, you can see it on our Roswell trip. Absolutely. To see kind of, you know, about the size of what this beam had looked like. Yeah. <clears throat> That's very interesting. Now, I've I've seen only seen pictures of the beam, and I've only seen pictures of the um, metal-like material. Uh, so I, I know what you're talking about. So, and I think probably just anybody who has even had a, a just a passing interest in Roswell, you know, knows about those big. Um, those are like the two big main pieces of evidence. But have you um, discovered anything that that's you think is significant evidence that is not as widely known as those two pieces? I would say there is a piece. There was another type of material. I don't think that it was very well known, mm-hmm. but they described it as bake-like material. Mm-hmm. And they didn't have plastic back then. Bake-like, yeah, it was like a, it was a hard plastic. A extremely okay. hard plastic that looked like wood. Okay. And it's funny, we went to our parents, and my, my father actually has a piece of something made out of bake-like from way back the in clock. the Long time ago, yeah, and it is the it is the weirdest material. It is absolutely feels as hard as a rock, hmm. but it's plastic. You can't. I mean, yeah, it's really interesting material. I don't really know if they make it anymore, hmm. but I will, I wanted to tell you this, Sandman. One thing I did notice is the way some of the witness eyewitnesses described the metallic beams. Some people described them as metallic. Some of them described it as metallic light. Mm-hmm. You know, one of the eyewitnesses explained it as like a metal wood, mm-hmm. and that it would look, look like a wood, but it was hard as metal. So that, that's one connection I've, you know, one kind of earthly connection I've made that could yeah. potentially, you know, throw the whole alien thing off. Which is, there was a bake light material sort of found, kind of like a really hard plastic, mm-hmm. and um, and that at the time was available and was in, in production, and that sort of material is explainable. The other two are not. That's yet. true. Yet, exactly. So I would say that's probably one thing that maybe a lot of people don't really necessarily uh, talk about is that fake light material. Nope. Yeah, that's, that's kind of news to me. I haven't heard uh, anything about that. So it would be interesting if you, we could find some uh, up-close pictures of that, like of the others. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. The problem with, you know, what you were saying is, you know, what did the witnesses actually see is that there's not really any more witnesses that are left alive. So, you know, anything that we're going to get is going to be probably secondhand information, which is a shame because, you know, you really need that, that firsthand account to give it the credibility that it needs. So have have you guys heard about the uh, the DIA report that uh, broke uh, last month uh, sometime yeah. sometime in June the, de- the Defense Intelligence Agency report. Have you guys heard about that supposed leaked document? Is this the document that was uh, leaked on a ra- during a radio show? Right. Yeah. 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 Uh, um, oh, I can't remember the name of the uh, the radio show. Uh, Midnight in the yeah. Desert. That's, that's the name of it. Yeah, she claims to the 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 host. Her name's Heather Wade. She claims to obtained uh, uh, this DIA report, um, right. 
into a, it. Actually, it's not just Roswell. I think it's a number of uh, alleged alien and UFO <clears throat> incidents, which Roswell happens to be included in that. I believe the Cape Girardeau crash is included in that as well. Or the Cape Girardeau landing, which was supposedly a ship that was actually intact entirely. And that's supposedly the craft that was taken to S-4 that Bob Lazar uh, reverse engineered. But yet this document that you're talking about is extremely interesting. I was showing it to Joe. And I, have you read it? Sandra? I have only read snippets of it. I haven't read the, the entire document. Okay. Uh, we read the entire document, and it is so interesting until you get to the second half. Mm-hmm. Oh. <laughs> yeah. I know it's like 47 pages We're not gonna... or something like that. Okay. It's got a great explanation of Roswell, mm-hmm. Gerardo, uh, some more uh, information about kind of what happened. Nothing really new. Mm-hmm. Uh, <clears throat> just, you know, more, I guess you could say, details about things. But... Uh, they lost me in the second half, which was this <laughs> dialogue <clears throat> between uh, an a, a supposed alien and a human interpreter, mm-hmm. and it oh. is the most ridiculous dialogue I've ever read in my life. Seriously. Maybe it's ridiculous enough to be believable. It would be, but, well, the document that... That's a good point, ridiculous uh, enough to be believable. Hmm. Yeah, Joe. Yeah, Joe. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I wish I could pull it up and show you an example, which would be, uh, there's, there's a, okay, I'll try my best, but there is a conversation in there where the interpreter asks, uh, how do you say your name? <laughs> and the alien replies, you wouldn't be able to pronounce it even if I, uh, you know, try, kind of thing. It's just very uh, sitcom-esque sort of dialogue. Mm. Just you know, a lot of uh, the word kind of flippant behavior with an alien. Yeah. Just it kind saying, of uh, smells of of fakery, huh? Yeah, and you know, it's interesting. Joe and I were trying to figure out. Well, is this this could be one of a few things? This could be a document that's partly true, but mm-hmm. added with this information, like that stupid conversation with an alien. Mm-hmm. It yeah. could be that, or everything could throw be you true. off. You have to throw you off. Mm-hmm. The whole document could be totally false. But I will tell you something, doing some research on that document. Linda Moulton Howe, yeah, back I in know. the early 2000s, multiple times, had had talked about a time where she was uh, allowed to sit in a room by herself and read a document. And this document, I believe, <laughs> is the document we see today. Mm. And I don't... That's what I believe. If you say... If you, if you listen to her just uh, the document, and it's particularly, you can hear her testimony if you look at the citizen's hearing on disclosure, um, you'll hear her talk about this document. And uh, going onto her website, she does a really good job of covering the document all the way up until the alien conversation, and then she says, well, have, you know, uh, part two comes next. <laughs> I don't think anybody <laughs> wants to touch that part. Yeah, yeah. She probably feels the same way you do about it. Probably. Probably. Probably just, you know, sometimes things are thrown at you. You don't know how to take stupid talking aliens. (laughs) So one of the things that I, um, the the few snippets that I've read from this report, one of the things that surprised me was that um, 
It said that the crash actually happened on July 2nd or July 3rd, right. uh, which is several days, obviously, before we traditionally think of it. Because I've always thought it happened on, you know, July the 7th and then the next day, you know, the, the army had the headline or in the newspaper and then quickly recanted it. So um, that was something that I found very interesting. Um, and it also said, uh, I think there was four decomposing alien bodies that were recovered somewhere around like two miles from the crash site a week later. Right. Now, what strikes me as odd about that is if you had a UFO crash site in that area, which the debris was supposedly spread out over a wide, you know, uh, uh, area there, it, it seems like you would have covered it uh, uh, a little bit better than that and not left two bodies laying out there stinking for a week, just two miles from the mm-hmm. crash site. Um, well, that's, that's a really good point. Sure, I know, uh, you know, it's interesting, on our last podcast, we were kind of discussing how the same Sandman area, it, you know, the story's evolving, like you said, you thought it was on the 6th and the 7th, I thought it was on the 7th and the 8th, I thought it was on the 6th, some people thought, you know, and then you get this document, and now it's the second and third, and the story's yeah. a little bit different. And, you know, the current saying is that there are multiple crash sites. Mm-hmm. That there are multiple disks that actually crashed. At Roswell. That's, that's the current saying, yeah. Seems like Russia's getting more uh, invasion. Now, that's, I heard that's, something about Russia having invasion. Sorry. <laughs> That's fine. That's 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 news to me because I have not heard the theory about there being multiple crash sites. But once again, you know, you you have this relatively new theory here, and it just adds to the murkiness of the whole thing. There are so many damn ex, you know possible explanations floating around out there now that it's almost like we'll never be able to discover what the real truth is, even if the government right now is telling us. Yep, this is what it was. It was Project Mogul or whatever. You know, we're not going to believe them. Right. Mm-hmm. Even if they they said, yo, okay, you know, it was aliens, how believable is it going to be? <laughs> that's a, that's mm-hmm. a good, uh, mm-hmm. a good question. I, I was wondering that myself, um, especially, too, about how the story's evolving. Mm-hmm. Um, it's out of control. And sometimes I wonder, and Joe and I, we were talking yeah, Joe, about Yeah, Joe, it is. It's out of control. Joe, it's out of control. Just like you. Just, <laughs> just like your, uh, the like story. Your I was agreeing with Joe. The story is out of control. <laughs> Joe, I think you have Joe's a good point. It is. I think it is. It's, it's branching off to a bunch of different bullshit stories, excuse me, that don't make no sense. Yeah, just stick with what it is, and yeah. let's let's figure it out. Yeah, and here we are 70 years on, and we still got, you know, it's uh, there's probably at least, you know, 70 years, we got at least 70 bullshit stories, you know. One of them, <laughs> one story is true out of the whole bullshit of 70 right. stories we've got, but which one is it? Right. <laughs> exactly. I, you know, I was wondering, too, because back in the day, it was such a simple story. It was flying saucer was hit by a lightning bolt and crashed on a farmer's land, and at that site, they saw the materials and aliens, which were, you know, packaged up and taken to Wright-Patterson, et cetera, et cetera. Oh, it's such an easier story. <laughs> now it's yeah. three flying saucers, 
uh, or information over a nuclear facility. We use some kind of uh, technology to disrupt their flight systems. Two saucers crashed into each other, uh, creating nothing but debris field. The other saucer crashed a distance away. That's the one that contained aliens. And that there were actually two separate discoveries. And that there were different accountings of the materials. And I wonder, is it that it's evolving or is it that Back in the day, the story was so compacted into one sort of narrative uh, that today there is a way to kind of look at it and go, well, is it it that there's actually multiple storylines here uh, that, you know, over the course of, I don't know how many years, uh, one one story. And now here we are with the internet, Mm -hmm. here we are with, uh, you know, People like us researching, you know, Sandman and Joe and I, and starting to see that, like, if you if you look at how people the, the accounting of the um, the beam that were discovered mm-hmm. and the foil are two separate stories. The Bakelite is a separate story. The yeah. alien bodies now are a separate story. How many aliens were supposedly recovered? Some say four, some say three, some say one was alive. Mm-hmm. Um, still don't and now, if that one is still alive, is it still alive today? Well, they said that they had it until 52 or 3, that we couldn't communicate with it. Uh, so they kept also, it around. Which is very <laughs> documents that uh, have been released. But the story is that we tried to communicate this thing, and we Well, I thought, I thought we couldn't figure out its name, but it could communicate. Remember? It doesn't make sense. Which source do you believe, Joe? I think they're just a bunch of assholes. They just need to give us what we need and just stop playing around. Well, once again, Joe has a good point. Emmett, Joe has a good point. You know what? How much of this is government disinformation? Yep. Joe, exactly. you're very quiet, but when you speak, you speak volume, sir. Thank you. You're I think when you speak. Sounds like a bunch of bullshit. Aren't you a funny guy tonight? Joe, you're obviously the more uh, discerning one of the two. (laughs) (laughs) I I I just want to see if it's real. That's what I'm trying to find. So, Joe's a little, you know, he's kind of, uh, he will, you know, he he sits back and takes it all in and then makes it. It's kind of yeah. It's, it's like a pop tart. You know, you put in the toaster, you pull it down, and wait till it gets done, and it pops up, and it goes, "It's done." <laughs> yeah, so if it's good or if it's shit. <laughs> oh my god! My you know, it, too bad we're not we're not scheduled to go for longer than an hour tonight because uh, this this would be a, such a oh uh, man. We're gonna have to get you guys back on, or I'm gonna have to come on to your show and yeah yeah. Actually, you know, so maybe, we'll we will talk maybe, about that. Uh, later on i yeah i would love to come on your show we would love to have you man. oh yeah anytime anytime so I, I know you guys have somewhere you have to be and you have to run in, in, in like the next five minutes but i i want to um i want to ask you uh two final questions okay and number one if this was a government project that involved uh dummies and anthropomorph- anthropomorphic dummies how come whenever 
these things were recovered that they weren't recognized as dummies? How come people are saying, oh, my God, it was aliens? Surely they didn't look that, you know, effed up. From what I heard, um, also another thing on that is that they also say that they were using people that were disfigured as dummies, as the dummies, as to fake the people. Yeah, like Joe was saying, in the German storyline where, uh, you know, they say that it was actually a German, some sort of German technology crash, <laughs> and that, that the beings inside were disfigured uh, children. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like that. Yeah, they're saying disfigured children or disfigured, disfigured a, a, um, Asian-looking children. But, you know, I think it's interesting because then and then, like, well, how the hell did the army get there and go, you know, just determine that... Yeah. That, because there was a time where they were dropping these dummies out of planes in that area. Yeah. Oh, okay. Operation, uh, Operation Fallen Body. Okay. Operation Fallen Body. <laughs> hey, let's get some deformed kids and push them out of a balloon and see what happens. <laughs> I think that sounds fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> that. Uh, nothing better than, you know, disfigured children falling to their death. Exactly. Uh, great story. That's such a better story. Um <laughs> Uh, but it's just that you got the army there, right, Joe? Yeah. And how would they not know that it's a weather balloon, and how would they not know if it's a dummy or fake? Why would they sit there and measure out in the thickness and the big of the balloon if they already know what it is? You know, that just kind of doesn't make sense. Like they're, let me make sure my balloon's still a balloon, but it's not ours. It's yours. It's mine. What? You know? And you look at the pictures of Wayne and Marcel. Mm-hmm. The balloon pictures, right? The black and white pictures. Yeah. There are. You, you've seen those? Yeah, I, I have. Oh, okay. Well, I, I, sorry, I didn't hear you there. Uh, if you look at those, you can tell that's a weather balloon. I mean, I'm not, and we're not even in the Army. So. If, one side's white, one side's aluminum esque. Yeah, and then it's a bunch of also with pieces. I don't know. I, but I don't know how you would. Uh, I'm going to call the Pentagon now. Anybody in their right mind could, I'm, I'm sure you've kept a direct contact line. I will. That's a pretty big... Let me know what thing. they say, Joe. Let me know what they say. Absolutely. So the, the second question that uh, that I have for you is um, one of the things that, that you guys um, are, are, are very prominent about is that you use you know uh, comedy as part of um, your in, uh, show style or investigative style or whatever, you, you incorporate comedy into your into your podcast and you call yourself a goofologist. Now, how has the the ufology uh, community uh, reacted to your style of of, of this? Do, do do you feel like you know you're taken seriously, or do you feel like they're just like, oh, these guys are just you know, here's a couple of asshole brothers and they're just making fun of everything. We had tons of feedback. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You either love us or you don't. It's, uh, no, but. Joe and I, we, we describe ourselves as like tripping and falling our way. <laughs> Pretty much. Uh, just grabbing shit as we're falling? Exactly. But I'll tell you what. Uh, Giorgio Sikolos, as you know from Ancient Aliens, he... He called he called himself a bro for life, and he loved the fact that we called ourselves ufologists. Because uh, he's basically a reporter. Yeah. Yeah. But it's just there's so much of this blue collar, this I know this, I know that whistleblower type, and we're just like 
it's on every season. It's on every of our show. It's on any movie. It's on anything. We're like, you know, we want to do something different. We want to see how far funny can get into knowing if there's aliens or not. Well, yeah, and I think, too, like, I'll tell you this story, Joe. I remember we had a thing for Dr. Greer. We're really, you know who Dr. Oh. Stevie Greer is? Yeah, we were really he, he, he blocked you from their, his Twitter account, right? <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he blocked us from life. Uh, <laughs> we tried to meet him several times, and it. Um, but nope. that's an example of the last one we actually got a picture with him, though. We did get a picture. You like grabbed him as he's going down the steps. Can I get a picture? <laughs> he's like, oh, sure. I smushed my face in there to try to get in there. So, you know, you got people like uh, Dr. Greer, who's well known in, in ufology, he's been around decades, uh, and he, I don't think, really cares for us. And then you got George Sikolos, who loves what we're doing. And I think ultimately when we meet people, they're pretty uh, receptive to you know, they love it. our style and, you know, our brothers and we're holding our mm-hmm. um, people can take it however they like and this field is so buttoned up and clinical sometimes that people feel as though the only way they can get information is from a white haired PhD you know what I mean yeah. exactly gotcha well I think what you're doing is definitely a, uh, a, a very unique approach that I don't think uh, has been attempted before or if it has not very many people mm-hmm. have have you know been successful at it and i see the the amount of twitter followers you have which is like you know 10 times the amount of twitter followers i have and and i mean you you got and i've been doing this i've been doing um my podcast for uh 10 damn years guys and um i started out so it's a long thing i wasn't haven't always been on spreaker but uh i've really scaled but down the size of what I used to do. I, I used to be on Live 365, and I had the the number one uh, talk show for for this type of genre for five years on on Live 365, and I had a lot of listeners. Um, so I know what it's like to have a lot of success, and you guys are you know well on your way to having uh, uh, some success in this. And I wish you all the best luck. And and I really would uh, you know. Welcome the fact. Anytime you guys want to come on the show and talk about something, all you got to do is just call up and let me know, or send me an email or whatever, and you know we will make it happen. Appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah. So I, I know you guys have to run, but before you go, just real quick, tell everybody that may be listening to this live show now, all like two people, or who may be hmm. downloading the podcast later, uh, tell them about uh, you know. How to get in touch with you, and when can you? When can they hear your probe cast? Well, I just wanted to let your, you know, I know you say maybe a couple people, but you know, you have like over ten thousand downloads and listens on your stuff just on Spreaker. So, yeah. I mean, that's a lot of downloads. And, Thank you. Um, yeah, so we're really excited to be part of this. If you guys want to know more about us, you can find us on all things social media at UFO Bros TV, except on Twitter, Joe. Because it's UF Zero Bros, because Twitter's an asshole. And they still are. Zero Bros TV. We're on Pinterest. I don't know why the hell we're on there. Um, <laughs> Tumblr, we're on all that shit. So make sure you guys check us out. Yeah. And uh, we'll be happy. We're very. Um, Social, so if you guys have any questions, we'll reply yep. So, do you guys have a regular schedule for your probecast, or you just do it whenever you feel like it? Every Tuesday at 8 o'clock uh, Pacific Standard Time. So, yeah. 
three hours or two hours away from everybody else. Every Tuesday, yeah. All right. Well, that sounds great. Well, I'll uh, I'll make sure that um, you know, I I I put a link to um, your your broadcast in the description. Whenever I get this, I'll I'll have this put up on my website in the morning, and uh, I'll put a link to your your broadcast in there so uh, people can. Uh, uh, listen to your broadcast, and I'm always happy to do some cross promotion for you guys. Because I mean, you know, hey, look, look at it. We're 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 all struggling, and we all want to have as many listeners as we can. And we have to, we have to, us independent broadcasters have to help each other out. So stick I'm together. Happy, happy to do that. Yeah, we got to band together. So everybody, this is Emmett and Joe, the UFO brothers. You can catch them on all things social media at UFO Bro UFO. Say it again. <laughs> Done forgot. UFO Bros TV. Yep. UFO Bros TV, yeah. except for Twitter, which is UFO Zero Bros. Almost. UF Zero Bros. Oh, because Zero Bros. God, I suck. Okay. <laughs> All right, I'm glad you guys know how to get in touch with yourself, so that's great. All right, so uh, look, guys, thank you so much for uh, being on the show, and uh, I would like to get you guys back on sometime. We can talk about more just uh, ufology in general, and uh, I, I know I know you got to run, so you guys uh, take care, and uh, we will stay in touch, and um, let me know whenever you want to get back on the air. Sounds good. Thank you, sir. All right. Have a good night. Thanks, man. Thanks. Yeah, take care, guys. Everybody, that was Emmett and Joe, collectively known as the UFO Brothers. These guys are, um, well, they're something else, as you can tell by the interview that I just conducted. And they were actually very subdued uh, tonight. I've listened to a couple of their uh, broadcasts, and it, it, it gets wild and crazy. So I really appreciate those guys being on the show. And, you you know, there are tons and tons of so-called experts out there on uh, ufology and uh, the Roswell incident itself, um, several big name people, and, but I have always, for the ten years that I've done this show, I have always specialized in interviewing people who are just normal everyday people who maybe have a story to tell, and that's who Emmett and Joe are. They're just normal everyday people. They're not, you know, promoting a book or a TV show or anything else other than their probecast. And they just want people to listen to them, and they want to get the word out. So thanks once again to Emmett and Joe for being on Parareality Radio. So we're going to wind down the show here. Um, before I do, I want to tell you guys about the 12th Annual People's Choice Podcast Awards. Now, um, the, the 12th Annual Podcast Awards is uh, something that has been going on for several years, and it's upon us once again, and um, I am entered, believe it or not, in the, um, I'm sorry, I just got a email from the UFO brothers saying thanks for having them on the show. Sorry, I just kind of blew my train of thought. So the 12th Annual People's Choice Podcast Awards is on us once again. And um, I have actually been nominated to, as uh, a um, contestant, if you will, in the uh, the awards this year, believe it or not. Um, so I am going to need your help to try to uh, get as much um, boost behind me as I possibly can. 
So uh, the listener nomination period opened up on July the 1st, and it goes through July the 31st. So anybody that's listening to this show, this episode of Parareality Radio, I am going to need you guys to nominate me as many times as you possibly can for the 2017 uh, Podcast Awards. Now, um, I said that the uh, the registration period for you listeners goes from uh, July 1st through July 31st, so we're already down uh, a week. So we've only got just a few you know short weeks left. Um, I don't know who originally uh, nominated me, but I have been nominated, and I need uh, more nominations to um, help me get. A, a a a not a winning slot because I don't think I'm going to win, but I just need I, I just need to be put in the the hat for people to choose from because you have to have um, so many nominations to even be considered to be in the running. So if you guys would please help me, just do a Google search for the 2017 Podcast Awards. And go to the nomination area and nominate Para Reality Radio for um, to to be in the running to receive a podcast award for 2017. Now, I'm going to have all of this information available on my website parareality.com, and I'm also going to be posting it on Facebook, Sandman.Parareality, and Parareality Radio there on Facebook. So if you uh, can't remember to type in the 2017 Podcast Awards in Google, just go to my webpage, www.parareality.com, and I'll have all the necessary links to uh, help me get in the running to receive a 2017 Podcast Award. And whoever uh, it was that has uh, nominated me, uh, thank you very much for doing that, and I need your help. I need all of the help that I can get from you listeners out there. I really appreciate it. And once again, thanks to uh, Emmett and Joe for being on the show. I really appreciate you guys helping me out and celebrating this uh, 70th anniversary of the Roswell UFO crash. Oh, boy. Well, I hope that you guys enjoyed tonight's show. Let me know what you thought about it by sending me an email to sandman at parareality.com. That's Sandman at parareality.com. You can also uh, check out uh, my Facebook page. That's sandman.parareality on Facebook. Or you can just type in Parareality Radio. I have a personal page, which is the sandman.parareality. And I also have the uh, Parareality Radio official page there. So uh, you can find out all about uh, other things that are going on in the world of Parareality by uh, checking out the uh, Facebook page. Uh, also, if you want to, you can go to www.parareality.com and uh, click on the extras tab there on the home page, and that will take you to the page on the website where you can uh, shop in the Parareality Radio store. You can join the free Parareality Radio forum. Forums aren't that big anymore; they're kind of a dying breed. But I've still got one. Uh, not a lot going on in there. But if you want to join, join and. Let's get the foreign back up and going. Like I say you can shop in the Parareality Radio store. I've got some uh, show videos and other stuff that you can uh, 
watch and see there on Pair Reality um, and on the Extras tab. And uh, everything that that you buy in the Pair Reality Radio store goes it gets put directly back into helping me put on this show and keeping the the uh, the podcast up and running and the live shows up and running. This is only the second live show that I've done in probably, uh, well, let's say many years. Uh, I, I kind of, when I came back, I, I retired for a couple of years there, you know, and, and I, I came back more in a podcast mode and was just uh, pre-recording the shows and having them available for download. But there's been so many people recently that have asked me about doing live shows that I decided that I was going to... Uh, you know, give it a try. So this is the second live show that I've done. And uh, i got to say, I really enjoy doing live shows. So uh, anyway, uh, I kind of got off subject there. So anything that you buy in the Parareality Radio Store goes right back to helping me produce Parareality Radio and, and keeping it on the air for everyone to listen to. I don't make any money off of this. And, I mean, it would be nice if I did, but I'm not really trying to make any money off of this. I just want people to uh, listen to my podcast and uh, by buying items in the Parareality Radio Store, you are helping me to keep this podcast live and on the air so everyone can enjoy it. Uh, like I said, check me out on Facebook. That's Sandman.Parareality or Parareality Radio on Facebook. You can listen to the show there as well and uh, you can find out more about what's going on behind the scenes in the world of Parareality Radio. And also, can't forget, I am on Twitter, so you can follow me on Twitter. And my handle on Twitter is at Radio. That's at P-A-R-A-R-E-A-L-R-A-D-I-O, all one word, at Radio on Twitter. Uh, I tweet out uh, show announcements like special guests and topics and uh, other things, stuff from my personal life and all kinds of stuff. So you can follow me on Twitter and you can find out all kinds of stuff about uh, what I do uh, in my off time, I guess, because I, I tweet a lot. I'm a big chemtrail researcher, so uh, I have a lot of chemtrail stuff that I tweet out on uh, on Twitter. So uh, follow me at Parareal Radio on Twitter. Oh, everybody, my next show is going to be available on Friday, August the 4th, 2017, at 8 o'clock p.m. Central Time. So make sure you turn on, tune in, and find out on Friday, August the 4th, at 8 o'clock p.m. I hope that you enjoyed this radio program. I hope that it opens up your mind to new ways of thinking, expands your consciousness, and produces a change in the way you see the world. If you wish to change... You must lift the veil of ignorance that has been cast over your eyes. Only then will you see the true power of the universe. I hope you have a wonderful evening, and I will see you guys again next month. Once again, my thanks to Emmett and Joe, the UFO brothers, for being on the show tonight. Good night, everybody. If you wish to change, you must first lift the veil of ignorance that has been cast over your eyes. Only then will you see the true power of the universe.